0: And welcome back! Uh, what a weekend we had here, Maddie. And I'm excited. Um, we are back doing uh, shining a spotlight, more or less, on mental health in in this series that we've been doing. This is our third episode, um, and we have a fantastic guest. But before we get to that, Matt, um, can you put any context into what happened Sunday with Jason Tatum? Like it felt like another world. He went to.
1: It's hard because everything now is like hot takes, right? Like first take, skip Bayless, like et cetera. So everybody has to have a take on something. I think this one's actually pretty simple. I like the backstory of, I read today a little bit about um, some of the stuff that happened over the, the summer with him and Drew Hanlon because him and Embiid work out together. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I always like those. You know how we we talk about, we were texting last night. We love watching like the post game handshakes at the end of a series to see who goes to who, who talks to who, like what do they say, try to make the connections. And I liked watching that. I also felt bad, quick tangent, that Embiid's post-game comments got completely taken. Again, Twitter, like completely taken out of context. That's not even close to what he said in the full quote, but here we are. Um, I mean, most points in a game seven all time. broke Steph's record from a few weeks ago. Since he entered the NBA, no player has scored more postseason points than him. He's 25 years old. Um, so I think like in terms of where he falls, who knows, right? We have these debates all the time. I think it's pretty hard to look at his body of work so far when it matters and, and say he's not a top 10 player minimum. Probably you and I have talked about probably higher, but it's hard to okay. see through the fandom sometimes. But, you know, I like the way that he, for me, more than the numbers, the way that he attacked early in that game, and he was forcing the tempo and he was getting into the paint. And then by the end of the game, he had him so worn down, he was dragging him out to the three-point line, and he had one leg and it was over. And so if you're making him play defense and Harden's doing nothing, that game was over at halftime so I thought the accolades and the scoring and all of that were fantastic but you know I think he's like taking another step as like one of the quote-unquote alphas in the league so that was cool so
0: I'm a huge fan obviously and I'm a huge fan I have been since I think 1997 um of uh freshman <laughs> small forward <laughs> turned mindfulness coach author speaker Lindsay Pearson um and uh, Lindsay, thank you for joining us today. Um, we're we're gonna talk some, you know, mindfulness, mental health, and and get into your story a little bit. Um, but I know you were sitting back waiting to say like, "Yep, yeah, pardon, yeah." <laughs> and and yeah. you are an expert too in, in the field. So
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um it's funny because I was actually saying to my my mother last night. Uh, you know, one, one pivot in my career was actually, uh, between, between my playing and becoming a mindfulness expert, I did publicity for NBA players. And so I remember when our agency was, was actually trying to sign Harden. I, I remember that and we didn't get them, get him. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, as somebody who prided myself on defense, I was not mad that we didn't land. <laughs> this so sorry, a little, a little shade, uh, a little shade, but being, deserved, deserved. You know, that, that is something that irks me to no end. That is all uh, to me, as we've discussed many times, there's lots really? of stats we could, we could put up there and, defense is from the heart so that to me is is just a crucial integral part of a winning team and a and a hall of famer player and if you can't do that that says that says something right that's just effort
1: that's another notch in the tatum bucket when he played terribly it was a game five when they lost he still had a triple double so like you know you can involved in other facets of the game you have to you got to be complete on both sides and harden is incomplete so very
0: Lindsay, i'd love to hear just a little bit you know i know some of your background we have tried to say hello every you know, few years and, and keep in touch but um it's fantastic and thank you for coming on um so mindfulness in layman's terms and also how did you find yourself in this field in this world?
2: Yeah, well, so it, it's funny. I didn't really think about it uh, going into this. Thank you, first of all, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, it is actually directly correlated to that career I was just talking about. So the uh, let me bring my my fancy microphone closer here for story for story time. Uh, so I had had my, my basketball career. I played in, in college for a year and then stepped away and my life kind of spiraled. And I landed this job in doing publicity for, for NBA players. And I just, this was my like, ah. yeah you know, we're, we're, um, we're children of a certain age. Right. And, and in high school, I watched Sex in the City and Samantha. I don't know if your audience ever watched Sex in the City, but Samantha was this stellar PR person in New York. and so there I was. I was like, I am living the dream because now I'm doing publicity and for the NBA and I'm amazing, except for I have a raging drinking problem. <laughs> oh. And uh, and so for a job that, that was that high paced, and important and needed to get clients things yesterday. Uh, it was not going well for me. And I just absolutely flamed out, burned out, spiraled out, whatever you want to call it. Um, and really humpty dumpty, I put myself back together again, using the tools of mindfulness, yoga, meditation, and uh, quitting drinking also helped. <laughs> that was, that was, I don't want to skip over that part, but uh, really it was right from the beginning what helped me get back on track, get my life back together, uh, reduce my stress, feel some, some peace. So it was a pretty profound shift and I practicing that personally for a couple of years. And then one day I remember a woman I greatly respected who was a teacher was like, you know, you could do this. Uh you could teach meditation and get paid. And I was like, what? No. Uh and that woman, Carrie Doherty, wherever you are, thank you. Uh she's actually the co-founder of the Faraday brand, that amazing clothing line if you're She's yeah. such a good human. And she is the one who encouraged me. And then gave me some of my first clients. Trusted me with with these clients, and that was that was the beginning. I launched my business in 2014, so almost almost 10 years. So it's, uh, but yeah, it came from a very dark time, born of some dark days, and now, um, I could not be more thrilled to be here and talking to you, clear-eyed and uh, meditated and recuperated and uh, any other ED words, but yeah. So that's, that's how I got here.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the common theme with a lot of these things. When we talk to like entrepreneurs from all different walks of life is the experience that either a molded you for the profession that you ended up with, or the experience that hardened you and forced you to rethink the way that you go about life. So this seems like more of the latter for sure than we're used to more of the former, but you probably learned a ton from that experience that gave you the perspective of, okay, if I'm going to spend my time being mindful and, and staying with my breath, et cetera, I remember what the other side of this looks like. And so that's what I wanna you know make sure that I keep that in mind at all times. So that's pretty cool. That's a cool story. Usually we hear the other side of it. So that's awesome.
2: No, absolutely. Thank you, Matt. That is, that's exactly where I went in what I ended up launching the business was, you know, do you mind fully? Is yeah. it a, a corporate wellness business? Now just the name is like, do you mind fully? Like it's one part mindfulness, one part sarcastic, smart ass, which is, yeah. which is who I am. I, Love I never it. pretend to be, you know, this like enlightened, perfect being. I'm just a imperfect person trying to teach somebody the stuff I know, but my, I launched it as a corporate wellness business because I was very clear that I wanted to help me, right? The, the person who had no tools other than drinking two bottles of wine at the end of the day, like what are the tools that could have benefited me and, and maybe, you know, prevent somebody from going down that same path. So it was very intentional that I wanted to work with other, uh, whether it's the CEO, the, the intern and everybody in between to say, there are other skills we can use to help manage, the ever-present stress help. of, of help, existence help.
1: yeah yeah and so
0: I, it's interesting too like it, you know you went it's the way the way you were telling the story a little bit it sounded like zero to 60 almost right like oh okay now I'm here now I'm mindful of, with with the you know coy like mind fully but um it, you know in terms of like just getting started right like there must have been like okay there's one little piece I can take or or how did you did you break the door wide open did you just like piece by piece add on like how how did you get into it fully <laughs> no pun
2: intended. oh well well played there I try. Well, well done.
1: Smooth, um, Gibby.
2: yeah well I guess the cat's out of the bag but yeah I'm not you know surprised I'm not Buddha I am not um <laughs> But so it wasn't like, oh, aha, I have, I have, a I have now risen above life's challenges. Nothing bothers me. I just, it all <laughs> puts off, right? No, no. Uh, I remember the first time doing this meditation where I experienced maybe 10 seconds of calm or peace. And that was it. That That's was it. Felt. Yeah. And like a good addict, I was like, oh, "I want more of that, <laughs> more of that." Uh, but no, it was it was just a like a bit, and 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 so the most common misconception is that we're going to somehow just quiet our minds, still our minds. It's all going to be calm up there. No, 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 no. Look, I remember a mentor saying, "Look for the space between the thoughts." I was like, are you Mm. kidding? The thoughts are an avalanche. They're all, just.
1: (laughs) there's no gaps.
2: there's, There's no gaps. They are tumbling over each other, fighting each other down the mountain. Like this is not a thing. But then there was that moment when there was space between them and I could Feel it. It's hard to articulate a, a mental sensation, but I experienced it. And of course, immediately it was taken out of the moment like, oh my God, it happened. <laughs> oh, that was the thing. You know, but it's just to go back to your, your question, it's it's definitely something I always tell my clients to treat meditation, mindfulness as like going to the gym. You don't go to the gym and expect immediately, unless you're Mike Gibson, of course, to, to bench press 250 pounds, right. and do
1: physical a, specimen, right. yeah. you
2: know, a thousand pushups, yeah. 2000 sit right? Like yeah. mere mortals. Mm-hmm. You begin slowly. You start uh, one, one step at a time, as they say. So, practicing a minute, two minutes, five minutes, whatever it is. And, you know, one minute, 10 times a day, is still 10 minutes. So it doesn't have to be, okay, I'm going to sit here and just like white knuckle it until I calm my mind and, uh, you know, force myself to do this thing. Why would anybody want to do that? <laughs> that sounds terrible. Right. But if I can practice, Um, a minute here and there, and then build up over time. Great. But I I do want to just back up just a quick second, because I think, um, you know, mindfulness is this buzzword. And and I don't know that necessarily everybody knows. Mm -hmm. Uh, So mindfulness is generally defined as as the awareness that arises from paying attention to the present moment, non judgmentally, and on purpose. (laughs) So that's a a mouthful, but it's all to say, like, being here, paying attention, and then noticing what we're feeling uh, physically, emotionally, mentally, right now, right? Not worrying about the future, not thinking about the past, like what's going on for us right now. So that's being mindful, kind of capital M mindful, but then there's mindful meditation, which is implementing that in the more formal practice. But I as a as a mindfulness coach try to like implement mindfulness in your day to day like how can you bring this practice into eating uh mm. relationships uh, parenting uh your workplace what are the ways in which we can weave these practices into your day that exist outside of just sitting on a meditation cushion yeah
0: which is
2: also important but Like there's more than just that. So I I just wanted to give kind of that high level.
1: I think it's important because I don't think a lot of people know the definition. Honestly, I think I think people have an idea and a and maybe that's part of it, too. Maybe it's whatever you make it to be, as long as you're spending some time with the space in between the thoughts you mentioned, too, as part of that definition, awareness. And I feel like Self awareness is also a big part of this. Like, not take yourself too seriously. Like, understand life contains ups and downs, and you're gonna take L's, and you're gonna have some successes. It is what it is. Do you feel like that helps you? And I asked the same question um, last week as well to our to our, our um, previous guest, who's um, a therapist, and so similar but different. Do you feel like that self-awareness and that like not taking yourself, quote unquote, too seriously helps you build the trust you need to like coach? Because you're it's a little bit different, right? Because you're like coaching and teaching people how to do this skill as opposed to maybe a therapist is like spending time talking through or is it a little bit of both? And I'm not I didn't know that. Uh,
2: Great, great question, Matt, I always say to my clients, I I reiterate it so many times, like I'm not a therapist. I just play one on TV, right? (laughs) I do want to make a clear distinction. Yes, I am not a therapist. Uh, the, but what does happen with meditation and mindfulness is yeah, big things come up, big emotions come up, big, uh, things to navigate feelings, physical sensations, whatever. And so, uh, being with that, The the thing you touched upon that is kind of like the unspoken element is is compassion, the compassion Mm -hmm. practice, because if if we are just observing with total neutrality, there can be this sense of like detachment and Mm And it, or it can be just painful staring, like, oh, that it, thing. Now I'm noticing that thing, and now that thing, and it's dusty. Now and I have there. to
1: address that's all
2: of these. Like, I'm now noticing all the terrible things. No, right. So, this lens of compassion, whether it's compassion for others or self compassion, is to your point, like, that's the way we really build resilience that we can notice these things and even have a sense of humor about them. As you said, like, yeah, to, to take an L, like, That's life. But I think, again, children of a certain age here, we grew up with everybody gets a prize and everybody's winning and everybody gets ribbons. It was all about building self-esteem. And what we have come to realize is that that then makes it really hard to navigate.
1: It leaves half the equation out.
2: Yeah. Like you're going to lose. How do you navigate then? losing, not being good at something, if you've never experienced it, right? If you've been protected from experiencing loss, which honestly, I think was a a part of what led towards my drinking. I'm certainly not going to attribute all of it, but in my head, I'm this star athlete and I've got, uh, you know, this boyfriend who was a star athlete on a competing town and, oh my gosh, and I'm going to get a big scholarship and this and that. And in my head, this, I had this whole storyline and my senior year, I didn't get the scholarship, and mm. my boyfriend stood me up for prom. So you know, all of a sudden, this whole uh, this idea. From shout holes. out, Brad, Brad Stuvenhouse, wherever you are for so wonderful. Still
0: not happy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, you know, it was the I, I had no skills to to cope with that. Which is not to say like, oh my gosh, this was some awful traumatic thing that happened, but. Again, I, I was completely unaccustomed to
1: you were isolated from that feeling because you never it was never brought to you. It was always like you were you, you're like you said earlier, it was like you were shielded from it.
2: Yeah. 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 So so learning how to navigate loss, failure, disappointment is such a skill. But we as a culture mostly are like, you know, you know, the second place is the first loser. Or yeah,
1: you look down at it.
2: no fear shirts right yeah
1: yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, i think i had 17 in my
1: uh of course course. i always joke with gibby i feel like he's lived he's like one of those old souls that's lived like nine to ten lives and has all these experiences and i'm like when did you find time to pack all these things in but that that sounds you that was during your no fear phase i could see that yeah
2: yeah
0: (laughs) There were a few phases, but I do want to get back on track. Uh, I don't. I know. We could do this for, we could do this for hours. But, uh, Lindsay, so tell me a little bit about, like, you know, when you're working with corporations or with corporate clients, right? Like, um, it, what's the reception from, you know, the people that you're working with? Are you brought in by... Human resources is another, you know, tool for people to use. Um, and, you know, are they like, oh, gosh, no, I don't want to do this. Or, you know, tell me a little bit about like the the whole experience from start to finish. I'm curious.
2: Uh, yeah, that's generally the the HR team or like a wellness committee. Mm-hmm. Often companies have some sort of committee wellness. Okay. Um, uh Sometimes they're just different groups, uh, interest, special interest groups, but sometimes it's insurance companies have given and a big shout out to the insurance companies who've invested in this. They, uh, shout out to Cigna. I'm just going to plug them. There you go. Because they give their corporation. Not
1: a sponsor yet. Yeah, Not yet,
2: but that's what I was trying to. I'm yeah. like,
1: Thank you. Why We're why open I, to yeah. anything. We're open to that's anything. The right that's the road I was Thank going down you. with. Thank you for facilitating.
2: and be like, by the way. Uh, yeah, but but- companies like that where they give corporations a a budget for wellness services Mm -hmm. and then say you know we have these trusted vendors and I've been a trusted provider with them and so it's a great thing because then the company doesn't have to think about wellness in terms of their bottom line which is a really frustrating way to look at it right and so if if the insurance company says look it helps all of us when your employees are healthy and well and 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 feeling good here's the money go spend it you know you have to spend it you use it or lose it right that's a right. great thing and then I think overall then the companies are the employees too are choosing in right so that's always great when you have that buy-in the um the ways in which it it other other ways in which it works is is yeah that they've they've heard look we Everybody's talking about mindfulness. We know this is a, we know this is a thing, um, and would I'll jump on a call and I do discuss the ROI. I do discuss the return on investment because these are corporations, and I I share things like Aetna did a, a mindfulness practice with their employees, where at the end of eight weeks they attributed a cost savings in terms of reducing absenteeism, mm-hmm. uh, insurance costs, all the the metrics that they were saving approximately $3,000 per employee.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, what? Yeah. Wow. So yeah. there's definitely, you know, I Waste. try to speak from a place of, of science and evidence and, and uh, you know, I don't come in with uh, the, as I always joke, like the hippy-dippy, ooey-gooey. I try to lead from a place of, of evidence and research and some humor. But yeah, I think generally speaking, at this point I feel very lucky and, and blessed by the people who have paved the way before me that at this point most people know what mindfulness is or generally are, are like open to the yeah concept.
0: there's an era yeah. right Like yeah. it's not the first time they've heard of it
1: they're open yeah. to hearing more about it
2: yeah and I'm not and the benefit with something like mindfulness versus let's say yoga because you don't have to change your clothes you don't have to bend your body in weird ways in front of your boss and be like, oh, <laughs> you know, what, like word, right. So, uh, you can just show up, close your eyes or not close your eyes. And to be honest, it's like, nobody knows what's going on. So if you take a nap, oh. nobody knows that either. So that's yeah. fine. And they're like, all right, cool. You know, the company's yeah. for, for nap time, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> and if they get some tangible skills out of it, even better.
1: I mean, we don't have a lot of good tools, To use i mean we never we do sorry we don't use them enough right to to get to a place where we feel good about our day and it's not such a battle to get through whatever you're working on and i think again this is the first time i'm meeting you but going back to i i think like trust is probably a big part of this for you like that's almost your currency you're very authentic i can already tell right like people are willing to hear what you have to say they say oh she's been through it she's lived it she's not just telling us what you know i've done a little bit of reading on the obstacles to mindfulness because i have practiced on and off you know i try to stick with it but like any habit it's really hard to keep it and you do your best but i know desire i think aversion doubt and there's a couple others do you like run into that how do you rank those like what is the biggest hurdle to people like consistently practicing mindfulness like and making it a habit
2: you're you're dropping the hindrances he's just throwing in some like you know entry-level buddhism here he's like oh look at that
1: i remember a few things i remember very random nuggets of information that usually have nothing to do with anything and this time it paid off
2: nice nice work just so casually just you know (laughs) dropping them there but yeah so um just speaking from a very just generic human level are our brains don't particularly like change Mm. right they don't they're not really wired for it they don't like it they like okay i know this skill i know this thing they're built for efficiency routine you learn how to brush your teeth and you're like good next right you you stop paying attention so the asking your brain to pay attention continuously Is exhausting.
1: Mm. (laughs) I know.
2: I I don't want to do that. Stop. Yeah. So again, though, it's why I keep using the same analogy of going to the gym. Just like you go to the gym for the first time in two months and your muscles get sore, that doesn't mean you should stop working out. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a degree of discomfort that does occur. And so a part of it is that willingness to say, okay, this is going to be uncomfortable or not always fun, but I, I know overall there is benefit. Um, but again, that's why I usually back up with my clients and have them move into it slowly because I want them to see wins. We as humans like to see uh, mm. a win. I, I don't go in, in mindfulness, we talk about non-striving. So it's not like I'm going to be like, okay, you're going to be like the best meditator <laughs> ever. And your brain's going to be so quiet. Be
1: realistic. Be realistic.
2: Yeah. But finding like, Hey, okay. I was able to do one minute every day for a week. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Let's celebrate that. Right. And then maybe it's two minutes the next week, but also I like to build in, as I mentioned, the different mindfulness skills, like, Hey, can you pay attention while you're eating? No distractions, no phone, no TV, maybe even no talking for like a minute. Yeah. Just a minute. And notice the smells, the flavors, the colors, and especially for those who are parents, like do it with the kids, spend one minute. And, and whomever cooked the dinner will probably appreciate <laughs> yeah. paying attention. Yeah.
1: Nice auxiliary benefit. Yeah. Congratulations. You yeah. uh-huh.
2: just go through and be like, wow, I noticed the crunch of the lettuce or mm, I, can, I can smell the garlic and uh, I noticed that my mouth is watering and uh, I took one bite and immediately... Uh, I could feel it in the sides of my mouth or the back of my tongue. Like all of that is mindfulness, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to just like, I, I call it like uh train eating choo-choo, choo-choo, yeah. choo-choo yeah, yeah. choo. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm like racing through as if the food is going to be taken away from me somehow. I am on a game show. It's pathetic.
2: No. And we, so many of us do that. and 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 that's where those little things in the shower notice the temperature the smell of the soap right the feeling of 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 it on your skin like noticing using your five senses is a part of it too as opposed to like having a conversation or worse a fight with somebody who isn't even there you know (laughs) yeah like yeah but all of those things and again with like kids with partners relationships uh, there's a there's a word for it now. It's called fubbing, phone snubbing, when you're like, uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh. Right? Oh. Looking down at your phone, but you're not really present. You're not and you're oh, not. Christina's gonna
1: it. roast me when she hears that. Oh yeah, I do do it all the time. I'm (laughs) gonna get cooked on that one. Yeah,
2: yeah, because your brain isn't able to really take in the information in the moment. You can kind of respond and be like, "Yeah, dinner's out, right?" Five minutes later, what did she say? What did you actually have
0: for dinner?
1: Do you think any of that too? Like, do you think any of that? I'm just thinking, like, you're talking about like building the habits and like do it for a minute or like hear the lettuce and just like you know accomplish and check that box. Do you think people struggle? I can say I struggle a little bit. And do you see this a lot with the payoff from that? Like, yes, I did this for a minute. I stayed present. What did it get me? And I need that like instant gratification or else I feel like I'm not headed in the right direction. Do you have that happen a lot in your world? And how do you help people sort of get past that if it does happen?
2: Yeah, so I also do private coaching. And so eight weeks is the private coaching and that's backed up by science. And in eight weeks, you will see a difference in your brain, right? But I tell my clients flat out, you will get to four weeks and you will try to quit. You will reschedule. You will be like something came up. Whatever the I thing you got you to me was will come up, whether it's like work or your family or back pain. Inevitably, you get halfway through your brain starts to change. And again, because your brain is wired to not like that. Let's go back. You're like, eh, uh, Sorry. And every time it's amazing how many times it happens. And I front load it when I meet with clients, like, this is going to happen. I just want you to be aware of it when it happens so that I can be like, remember when I said <laughs> that thing, it's yeah. happening now. Four and a
0: half weeks yeah. Ago.
2: yeah. So it's, it is. It, so a part of it is, and that's benefit, obviously, of like having a, a coach for accountability versus just doing it with an app because you're just arguing with yourself and you're going to win. But the, so the willingness also to have that awareness and go, okay. This is that thing she mentioned that's happening, which means on the upside that my brain is starting to change. Oh, okay. But also this is where I try to build in other, other experiences where people start noticing. Like if if I, for example, the thing, like I was saying with the food, if you, if you do that and you have this cool experience with your kids or on a date or something, and you're like, wow, that food Boxing. Remember, I, I did this exercise with a corporate uh, client and I had them just bring a snack and we just did it through zoom. And, uh, and I remember one of these people, he was, he was in it and he was somebody who had been kind of like standoffish and a little like doubting Thomas. And, uh, and I remember at the end, he was like, either trader Joe's has really upped their produce game or this thing <laughs> works. Cause that was like the best <laughs> apple I've ever had in my life. Right. So it's those kind of wins where you're where you realize that being present actually has a payoff in the moment of pleasure, of enjoyment, of gratitude. It's not just the reducing of stress, but you're like, wow, that was that was amazing. Right. Like I felt real joy in an apple
1: then you chase that feeling and that helps the habit continue. And that's great. Like you said, we're all addicts. Let's just be addicts of good things that are nice for us, right? Like things that won't hurt us. Let's be addicts of those good feelings. I'm in. Well,
2: and, I mean, you, you touch some of the hindrances. So we look at it. We'll look at, um, we're often either there's a version, right? or clinging. And so, yeah, I don't want to feel the bad things. I want to hold on tight to all the good things. I don't want to let those go. So a part of it though is in the practice of going, I'm going to really enjoy this apple because yeah, I know it's not going to last. It's, it's, that's it. Like it's a finite experience. And so that is a part of it. Obviously for those who are parents, you can't get your kids to stop aging as much as you try. They are going to keep growing up. And so you're not going to to keep them at whatever age, uh, and however cute they are, whatever thing that happens, and so it's trying to be present, fully present for that moment, knowing it's fleeting, and so yeah. not missing it.
0: In, in yeah. letting that experience—I mean, we talked about this probably like three months ago, Maddie. We were like yeah. about doing puzzles or like board games, and yeah. Like you know, I actually put my phone down and just played Candyland or whatever it was, you know, for you know twenty-five minutes, and it was like. That's all I was doing. And that was, or I think it was sorry that I can't believe it. But anyway, it was. Black. No, it was
1: Clue. I, wasn't I was
0: it like, Clue? Oh, well, no, I get too into Clue. Um, I thought, but... yeah, yeah, there
1: it <laughs> Sometimes I'll get random texts from Gibby and he's like, did you know that Colonel Mustard wasn't even an actual Colonel? The whole game is now, <laughs> I was like, oh, I mean, yeah. call yeah. Parker right. Brothers, Gibby. I don't know what to do. about okay. <laughs> It was rigged. Um, <laughs>
2: I felt that way playing Monopoly as somebody who lived in New York. I was like, "Wait a second! This isn't how yeah. it
1: works. You can't just build things on top of things."
0: Marvin Gardens
2: is not <laughs> a right. This. Totally, but that's. I, I think that's um, the other thing you just you just said uh, the, the, the playing of games. It's we are so overstimulated, mm-hmm. and so our brains don't have time to process. And so when we are constantly distracted, the brain doesn't do what's called memory consolidation. So your brain needs to actually have downtime to be able to take valuable information. And soak it up. Yeah, and put it in the right place, and go like, okay, this is we need this, we don't need that, right? Remember anniversary. Forget the fight that we had yesterday, right? (laughs) Like that. Doing all that, but if we're constantly distracted, the brain doesn't have that downtime, which is why many of my clients come to me and they talk about how they can't go to sleep at night because as soon as Stop for a second and their heads on the pillow and they finally put down their devices, their brain is like, here you go. Here's all the stuff that I need.
1: To <laughs> I've been waiting to tell you all this stuff. Some of it's good. A lot of it's bad. Here we go. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that's where, again, building in these little practices. If you're in line at the checkout, what happens if you don't pick up your phone? If you are waiting for an elevator, don't pick up the phone. If you are waiting at Starbucks, right? Like all those little things where we just fill in, fill in, fill in. Can't I can't right. be still for one second. The, the page is loading on the browser. Nope. Gotta, gotta answer that. Text, right? Gotta fill
1: that time with something. Yeah.
2: If we can, if we can practice there too, we might actually sleep better. Right. So there's all these little payoffs, but we have to know that they're happening and pay attention to them happening. No.
1: Yeah, that's the trick. That's the trick. It's like they add up. You're right, right? Like you were saying at the beginning, little by little. But you almost have to be. It's it's ironic. It's it's like paradoxical. You have to be mindful of the mindfulness so that you can remember what that feeling was. It's like when Gibby and I talk about our golf swings. You can't really see yourself swinging a golf club. So I I know what it feels like. But unless you're quite literally looking at video of yourself, you don't know how to attach the feeling to the look to know like what's right. So it's kind of like two things. I feel like the mindfulness. It's it's being aware, but it's also being like patient with it. So it's it is tough. It's a hard skill to master. Well, I, I know. I'm
2: so glad you brought up golf. one of my one of my favorite clients. Gibby's not. <laughs> I have a client where like we've been working together. We, we did the 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 mindfulness program. We did some other stuff, but now we we just we chat once a week and we look at how we can apply mindfulness in other areas of his life and. You know, he experienced such a shift and he's somebody he's like a finance guy and uh a really like type A go get out go, go, go. Right person. Yeah. yeah, and he experienced just such a such a shift that he wanted to continue this work. But one of the things we talked about is how mindfulness and golf really just mm. go hand in hand and Gibby's shaking his head. No, he's like, no, no, no I'm shaking. Yes. Yeah. I was <laughs> be, uh, he's, he's like, like I hope to achieve it
1: someday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but there is so much in that of, of being present and, and, and aware and focused, but also going back to what you said, Matt, of like, accepting there will be these failures because what we talk about is with, with the compassion is like, if you have a bad swing and, and you shank it now, I'm going to be clear. I am an athlete, but I do not play golf. So I'm, I'm so far, so good. So I, far, so good. You're know, off yep. here. But so you shank it. And then all of a sudden you start becoming the world's worst uh, sportscaster, right? The mm-hmm. itty bitty committee, uh, you know, just and he shanked it, folks, because he's a real yeah. loser. And it's a
1: coping mechanism. Yeah.
2: How embarrassing is that? Really feel bad for that Matt guy. He's not gonna sleep well tonight, folks, because he just did that in front of his in-laws and his friends. And that's embarrassing because he's been playing for a long time and he bought those clubs, especially for today. You hate this me.
1: sounds painfully accurate so far. Yeah, you're nailing it.
2: Right. And so is any of that helping your game? Do you improve on the next? No. 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 Right? If anything, you probably get worse. So. It, yeah. And then your body tightens up, right? The stress. And then now you're like gripping the club. And you're holding a dear life. And
0: faster. and Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. And so that's not at all. Well, and now you're overthinking right now. No, I got like, yeah, I just gotta It just snowballs. Then hold it this way and move that way. And it's, yeah, it's just now it's, yeah, compounding and becoming worse and worse and worse. So the awareness to go, like, okay, hey, that was embarrassing. I am disappointed. Okay. I still have, you know, seven more holes. I'm still in it. I'm still, I'm still out here. Right. Let me just let go of that last one. I literally can do nothing about it. Yeah okay you know you're not you're not silver lining it you're not pretending it didn't happen you're not just like oh forget that who cares start, start over acknowledging yeah that was disappointing okay all yeah. right we got the next one
1: yeah instead of like you said basically in essence quitting and continuing to make the same mistakes and play no better golf the next seven holes that you've got and learn nothing from the experience yeah yeah because the,
2: the number one thing i'll ask my clients when they'll tell me something is like is that thought helpful?
1: Mm, I like that.
2: Right. That's really because so many of us believe that if we are really harsh to ourselves, it's it's motivating. Mm. But what the research has borne out is that shame is actually not motivating and not helpful and not um, doesn't create actionable results. So it just pretty self defeating. But we but we think that right. We think now you can be firm with yourself. It's not yeah. to say. Oh, who cares? It's just a game, whatever.
1: Yeah, you have to care a little bit.
2: Yeah. There's yeah. A line, but there's a line between being firm and being cruel. Yeah. Right. So trying to find that. That's um, A level of
0: compassion, but you know, with, yeah. <laughs> with intention
1: too. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of grace. A little bit of grace for yourself. It's hard out here.
0: Lindsay. Yeah. We could, Oh, I've got a couple more for you, but we could go on for literally like two hours. Like I'm excited about the last question.
1: We're going to get a good answer on the last question. I'm excited. We've got got a couple more.
0: So one, first and foremost, um, the distraction detox workbook. You're an author. Um, (laughs) congratulations. Tell us a little bit about it. How are, how are, um, how should people be using this? Who is the target audience? Where, where can people find it as well? So we need to. Yeah.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was, um, you know, it was, uh, I wrote, I I like to say I wrote it, I wrote 80% of it in 30 days. Uh, And, and then I spent like two years (laughs) writing the remainder of it, but it was really, uh, it was born during the pandemic Right after the second presidential uh, debate. And so whatever side you were on, you saw that debate, and it was a just disaster yeah, and, train wreck. and and CNN, I think, had called it like a dump a shit show dumpster fire. It was just like <laughs> a nightmare, which right?
1: is a lot for CNN. They don't go that far usually.
2: <laughs> it was bad. and and so I remember just sitting there thinking,, uh, wow right? Like, wow, what is there anything I can do to be of service or be helpful because nobody's feeling particularly great right now. And, and so I remember having this conversation with uh, my partner at the time going, you know, I, I just, I wanted to share the the good stuff, all the stuff that I know over 10 years of practicing this, the stuff that's worked for me, that has improved my life in stressful times and see if I can just put it all in one one book, right? Right. And uh put it all together. And that's really what it was, what it the origin story was like taking all the, the world wisdom tradition. So I don't want to say as if this is not like the Lindsay Pearson program. This is all the beautiful world wisdom time tested traditions born from from yoga, from Buddhism. Uh, we've got elements from uh Judaism, I mean there's all sorts of practices that uh from expert coaches, mindset work, positive psychology, like it's all of these things taken some of the best teachings and said, here, like try this, see what works for you. And the the book is set up in a way where it's divided into four sections. Um there's a lot of like gardening metaphors because they're apt. So it's like pulling the weeds. Yeah pulling out the stuff, cleaning out some of the junk uh, quite literally and figuratively in that first section uh, to create space so that in the second section of planting the seeds, we're starting to build some healthier habits. Now going along the idea of, of you know, we get halfway through something and our brain goes, uh, cultivating the soil week three. So continuing to be in there, realizing that the weeds are going to pick back up. You got to like, the weeds just Keep don't go the away. Work. Right. So continuing and then in that week four seeing oh something's starting to bloom right something's starting to bud it's it's building over time so it's just these different practices it's all sorts of different practices meditations journaling uh, affirmations mindful eating um, movement like there's all these different elements to it so the goal is really that you go through the book and you see what lands for you. And it's really meant to be bite-sized. My friend calls it snackable self-care. Like it's just bite-sized oh. pieces. You just five minutes a day here, or five minutes there. It's not meant to be And that's enough. Yeah, exactly. And that's enough out of me. That was a lot. So no, there's no no do, you,
1: do you bindflu.com.
0: <laughs> um yes. you can find everything Lindsay related there. Uh you mentioned snackable pieces, which is a great segue into an oh, important thing. Give me
1: crushes on. segways
0: <laughs> So, you know, you've been going to three or four different, you know, uh corporations and, and traveling around and you're I don't know, maybe it's your own car, maybe it's a rental car, whatever the case might oh. be, but you gotta get gas um well I don't know what what if it's a
1: Tesla what if she rented a Tesla I don't know well then you can give her the option
0: you could have a Tesla you could charge but there is probably a little store where they serve snacks (laughs) whatever the case might be so what would be your go-to gas station snack Lindsay and you know thinking mindfully doing this, like having the snack. It could be the right. best. If you like, freedom, if you right.
1: like both savory and sweet, you are allowed to give two answers to this. If Do you like, you just a caveat up to okay. you. I don't want to influence you, but that is an option.
2: So, so I guess we're, we're really going to, we're going to try to aim for all the, all the corporate sponsors. Cause I'm going to just name check. Exactly. I know exactly. It's just instantly because Good. this happens to me all the time that I am driving all over the place. And Thank heaven for 7-Eleven uh, because they have a organic cold pressed green drink that yeah. is $3 as opposed to like $12 at some of the other places that I will not name check nope. uh, in a glass bottle. So it's not <sighs> one use plastic. It's so good. And it's not loaded with sugar. It, it, as I say, it leads with vegetables. And it's actually tasty. It's I I'm I feel like I'm shocked that like,
1: exists there.
2: Exactly. I think they've done a terrible job marketing it, but yeah. uh, because nobody <laughs> expects to find something healthy, I guess. It, no. But it is. I I am obsessed with it. Yeah. All right, so that's, that's
1: technically great. a snack. That's our first liquid answer, but it's a snack. That no, is no, no. We,
0: we had <laughs> um, oh. just to go full circle on the show. We did have someone suggest that. Uh, a bottle of absolute or something. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a previous uh, iteration of myself,
1: <laughs> not a nutritious option. Uh, <laughs> so, so um, but with that said, that's awesome. One last question
0: um, to completely go full circle comparing your 1997 to 2000 over uh, High basketball career, would you say you were more of Marcus Smart? Dennis Rodman, where, <laughs> where, who do you align most closely to? Oh, my
2: oh wow. Um, yeah, so that's so good. Uh, I would say, <laughs> you know, middle school, Lindsay, was definitely Dennis Rodman. Uh, you know, chip on my shoulder, uh, trying to put a hurt on people. Like, I definitely... Yeah. Was that person and was like anti-authoritarian and, <laughs> um. But I think, you know, Marcus Smart's a, a team player. He's captain, right? Like I, I would yeah. like to think that the the more mature part of my career was was in the Marcus Smart like team-oriented, um, realizing like you're just like a cog in the
0: in the machine in in, in
2: the best possible way right like that you're You're still diving
0: for a loose ball
2: absolutely absolutely I mean I will I will say both of them obviously amazing on defense love the hair on both of them I really I was thinking the other day I really want to dye my hair again back in middle school I had purple and pink hair uh but yeah I I guess I would have to say I'm going to go Marcus Smart
1: okay Rod, I don't know that Rodman was as much of a team player as Marcus Smart. I think he right. was an elite rebounder, and the team he was on needed just that because he was the only guy doing it. And so I, I like that answer because I see you more as a Marcus Smart. Rodman was really out for himself. Went to Vegas in the middle of a of He's a just, series just and like lost yeah. himself. So that's not a team player.
2: Yeah, that's
1: not. That was a trick question. Gibby tried to trick you. He tried I, to. I did. You. I just.
0: I've been. You know. Pumping this Marcus, Marcus Smart yeah. yeah. for the last uh 12 <laughs> years or however long. But um, Lindsay, in all honesty, thank you so much, A, like for how honest, brave you you have been and sharing your story and and for coming on and talking to you know a couple guys about basketball, about mindfulness and everything. And and I really hope that our listeners can take little pieces of this and apply it I certainly hope so or hope to and and I know Maddie does too so thank yeah. you very much
1: this is thank good. you this nice. is awesome it was my been, it was good pleasure
2: that was a lot of fun you all have a great uh, a great rapport and great energy and this is really just such a such a fun fun night uh, I really really That's enjoyed myself so thank good. you for having me come on me. back
1: anytime Hey, hey, hey.